Hello and welcome to the show brought to you with the support of Media Proxy. Now, if you're a regular visitor to kitplus.com, you may have seen the vast array of industry articles on the website. And we're going to be looking at one such article today on something that we've probably all done at some point in our lives. And that's how to successfully buy at an auction. And of course, here we're focusing on AV and broadcast equipment. Yeah, so we're delighted to be joined by Dan Main from CA Global Partners. Welcome to the show, Dan. So let's uh, get to the you know the, the, the bottom of why we might be seeing more auctions. The the the, the norm the normal at the moment. We might think it's an obvious answer, but it's it's not always due to companies going under, is it? No, that's right. Hi, Matt. Hi, Simon. Um, Recently, Hi. we do seem to have seen more uh, happening, but uh, yeah, bearing in mind that we're probably significantly lower on the number of insolvencies in the UK and Europe historically, um, you can see a whole range of reasons. It could be equipment coming to the end of a lease, or sometimes falling out from the middle of a lease. It can be surplus equipment from a company for a range of reasons. Uh, it can be a rental fleet disposing of assets. They may have a policy to do it every four years, five years, or quicker if the technology is moving on. Or it can just be older and obsolete uh, equipment. So they can be <clears throat> quite scary things, auctions. What are the risks to buying equipment in this way, especially when you know, these days we might not be able to actually travel to seek it up close with COVID restrictions? Yeah, it's a good point. I think a lot of people make assumptions about what the key risks of buying at auction are. And, um, you know, it may be that you're going to buy something that doesn't work or something that's been described as one thing or not. It's actually another. I wouldn't say that's the major risk for, for most people buying from reputable auctioneers. If you think about the situations we, we just described, um, most equipment is coming to auction. It's recently been in use prior to the uh, the auction process, it was just working. So it's pretty rare that actually the, the equipment is faulty. And most auctioneers would, would rather know and list that a piece of equipment is, is faulty as well. So yeah, I, I think nowadays in particular, that's less of a, of, a, of a risky area. Most of it is knowing how to buy equipment at auction, you know, knowing that it's not strictly the same as eBay, for instance, there are different ways that um, industrial auctions in particular run and I think just being aware of uh, some of these aspects is, is going to be the most important thing to, to not getting caught out. Yes it's probably important to say the auctioneer doesn't want to cause himself a problem he's not deliberately doing it so some people may dismiss buying auctions for you know for that for those reasons you know on experiences they've had or their friends or colleagues may have had in the past what can they do now in today's environment to better that experience? Yeah, I think there's a few things that you can probably look at. Um, nowadays, most online auctions will or should have a lot of photographs of the equipment. These are high quality photos, usually taken on a modern smartphone more often than, than a camera nowadays. But the detail there is generally enough for you to get a good idea of uh, how the equipment has been treated. There should be uh, usage features. It might be hours from a camera. Uh, you should be able to see whether a lens has been scratched or not. Um, you might see if there's a flight case associated with it, so you know it's been, in theory, transported well and uh, and looked after as well. Um, and if for any reason, you know, you want more information, you can always reach out to an auctioneer and, and, and ask them the question of it. Uh, you know, there are some auctioneers who do 
specific kinds of equipment quite often and for others inevitably this may be you know one or two broadcast auctions a year so yeah don't don't ever be afraid to reach out and say look i, I need this piece of information uh, and they usually will be happy to help in your article dan you mentioned the the three key aspects people should be aware of can you give us a, a rundown of those yeah, definitely. So I think there are, there are three things that tend to catch people out. And if you're looking at the complaints and you can see, you know, trust reviews online, for instance, of, of where people have been unhappy with an auction, um, often comes into three areas. Number one is the charges. Um, the charges should be pretty clear, but the main one I would say is what's usually called a, a buyer's premium. So if an asset sells, for example, for a thousand pounds and the buyer's premium is 20%, you're going to pay the auctioneer 1200 pounds, uh, plus any VAT, any local taxes on, on top of that. So I think that's important to be aware of, you know, you want to factor that in. Number two is transport. Um, you're not going to buy it, put in your address and then have it arrive on your doorstep a few days later or not in most cases. Usually you're responsible for transporting the items yourself. Um, it may not be packaged in a way that means it's suitable for transport. So you might not just be able to send a no. courier to pick it up. Um, you want to look at how you can remove it. And that will usually be in the auctioneer's terms and conditions as in can, can I come and pick it up and carry it out of the building myself? Or is there a pretty strict mm. process? And obviously COVID has made a big difference to that process. <clears throat> now there are, there are things that, you know, you have to go through and processes we put in place. And then another key feature is these are operating facilities, often where equipment wasn't just coming in and out all the time. If something's on the fifth floor and it's uh, you know, a particularly heavy item, then you're going to be the one who needs to figure out how to get it out of there more often than not. Again, the auctioneer will help you and assist you with that, but you want to make sure you're aware of those kind of things before you arrive and uh, you've got to carry it down five flights of stairs. And I, I've seen that happen, unfortunately. So, buying a sofa and turning up on your own and, and trying to figure out from there. So the third one, um, also important, I'd say is timing. And it's a bit more about how you generally view the process of purchasing items. Uh, auctions are great, they happen all the time, but it tends to be opportunistic. I wouldn't say in this industry, at least, um, that you could go out and plan to procure all of your equipment from, uh, from auctions. Um, so you need to be aware that, yeah, you're going to want to go into an auction, ideally with flexibility in mind. And if you see something that, you know, you're going to be able to make use of, uh, then you can pick it up. But if you're going in there with very specific, um, ideas and plans, then not only are you likely to find it, but also if you have an urgent need for something, there are things that can slow down the process. And, you know, like I said, with arranging transport, you need to be aware that if you're uh, imminently needing something you may not be able to get it as quickly as you would like yeah that's interesting it's very easy to get caught up in the process of, of winning an item on the day you're there you're sitting at your desk you click and click click well i've got to get it got to get it what's the best way to set your price how what is there a you know, sort of best practice or is it just simply willpower set a price and stick to it yeah, I mean, as an auctioneer, I'm tempted to say don't hold back and uh, just go for it. But uh, yeah, speaking from the buyer's perspective, um, it's about setting a price and, and sticking to it and trying not to get caught up in it. Um, factoring in, of course, the, the charges, you know, working back if you're wanting to pay £1,200 mm. for it, it's 20% buyer's premium, then 
only been up to a thousand. Um, and yeah, it is going to come down to to willpower. I would say the nature of auctions as well. It's useful to know and have and have some experience with auctions. Um, don't be afraid to hold back. If there's duplicates of the same item, five, 10, 15 of them, in general, we see that the first one will go for more money, certainly than the last one and, and the next few. So be aware that um, you, you might be better yeah. off holding back a bit so that you, uh, you get a bit more of a reasonable price when the, when the frenzy is, is over. Yeah, good advice. So should we finish off, Dan, yeah. with just a, a summary of your, your key points, your top tips? Yeah, absolutely. So I think importantly, um, it is in most auctioneers' interest, as we said, to list items correctly, truthfully. Um, they're not in the business of defrauding people. A lot of them are operating effectively with the same kind of customer service levels as a store. Uh, don't be afraid to, to reach out to them and, and, and talk to them about items. Scour the lot listings, look at all the photos, make sure you're aware not only of all the details of the lots that you're bidding on, but then secondly, go through and look at all the terms, all the transport arrangements so that you know the arrangements for actually uh, picking these items up. Um, be aware of the charges. In full, it's usually going to be buyer's premium, but check there's nothing else going mm -hmm. on there. Have your transport planned and ideally costed uh, in advance of before you buy something. Um, make sure that you're flexible. You know, go in there with an open mind. And um, if you do, we like not to pretend that this happens, but people still get fantastic bargains when they're buying at auction. You know, people make incredible saving on the new price, and a lot of people do it successfully. Uh, day in, day out, all around the world. And uh, it's, a, it's a great way to get um, sometimes very high-tech, very modern, professional equipment that uh, you just you wouldn't see coming to market uh, in, in, any other, in any other way. So last thing before we let you go then, because we think you've got an auction coming up in February, haven't you? Are you able we to do. share some of the highlights of, of, that, of that kit, of you know, what, what's on offer? Yeah, absolutely. It's um, an interesting selection of equipment. So we've got uh, a few cameras. We've got Ari Alexas, uh, SXTs, Alexa Minis. We've got some Panasonic 4K integrated cameras, the ones that we see uh, sitting on the shelves of, uh, of reality uh, TV shows. We've got a range of lenses, um, Canon, Cook, uh, some Fujinons. We've got uh, Primes, Super Prime, anamorphic lenses. Uh, it's quite an unusual selection mm -hmm. of equipment. It's quite late. We're looking at 2017, 2018 uh, assets. Uh, the auction is due to close on the 24th of February from 3 p.m. onwards. And the lots, uh, okay. if they're not already up by the time this video goes out, they should be uh, up uh, pretty soon. And this is all um, ex-lease equipment as well. This has come direct from lessers, and I think, uh, you know, that's... I would argue a, a measure of quality and, and one of the reasons that it's late model. Well, um, oh, we'll, stick, yeah, yeah. we'll stick a link in the description where people can go um, straight to that, Dan. And uh, I'm sure people will uh, be getting emails from Kit Plus, alerting them, no doubt, of uh, when the bidding starts. So thanks for watching. Thanks very much for Dan for coming on the show. And to see all of our video interviews and kit reviews, then head over to kitplus.com, which is brought to you with the support of Media Proxy. And you can find more about them at mediaproxy.com. Thanks for watching.